0: Hello, hello, hello. Welcome to Moms That Say Fuck, hosted by yours truly, Alana Kapitz and Dr. Dina Kulik. I'm Alana, the CEO and founder of Moms Toronto. We're on a mission to bring moms together and give them a great day, revolutionizing maternity leave. And I'm Dr. Dina Kulik.
1: I'm a pediatrician and pediatric emergency medicine doctor. I provide no nonsense child health advice, dispelling myths and empowering parents to parent confidently and raise your healthiest kids. Together, we have six kids under eight. We are eager to chat with other moms, entrepreneurs, and interesting people about everything from sex to alcohol, sleep woes, and body shaming. We aren't afraid to talk about taboo topics or share our many opinions. We say it like it is and want to get to the heart of the issues facing moms
0: and caregivers everywhere. Come join us. All right. Hello, hello, hello. Welcome to Moms That Say Fuck, hosted by yours truly, Elena K. Fitz and Dr. Dina Kulik. Uh, we just did a special mini podcast about uh, COVID-19 or coronavirus because things are just getting serious um, up in here. So we will be releasing that at some point in the next week or two. Um, we're still going with our contest and we are looking for those who have written and rated us on our um iTunes. So this is from um, Ali J. One two three four five six seven seven nine on March third, two thousand and twenty. Awesome podcast that helps me get through traffic, gym workouts, and even just a lonely day. So thank you. I want to reach out and ask if you guys had thought about doing a podcast about the GLB2, GLBTQ topic, how to navigate the conversation with your children. And with trans being in the equation now, healthy ways to talk about it with your kids. I myself have a few family members that are gay and struggle how to have that conversation with my son once the time comes. Anyways, would love to listen to an episode with an expert on the topic, since this is our world and our reality and a convo a lot of parents will have to have with their kids. Thanks for Emil in advance. Keep up the good job. Love you guys.
1: I love that idea Me so, too. so, so much. So if the if you coming, are guys. in the community where you know someone that likes to talk about these topics and feels comfy about it, whether it's your own personal experience or family member's experience or if you are well-versed in this topic and want to talk about it, I would absolutely love to talk about this
0: topic. G- G-L-B-T-Q-Q. Did it start with G? It, it says L-G-B-T-Q. Q. Yeah. Oh, that's. Great. Qs. Yeah. I got it. Right. Little dyslexic and pregnant. Tonight, we're so excited. We have our friend Allison. Uh, She is the owner of Career Love. And um, Allison is just a boss. She um, has a few (laughs) kids. She's been mom bossing for quite some time now. And she's just like an expert on everything to do with career. Everything (laughs) to do with career. How's that? Do you like that, Allison? (laughs) Um, And we've meant to have Allison on for quite some time now. And I think this is. I'm so happy you're here. So welcome, Alison. Yeah, I decided to have a baby. And then, <laughs> yeah, that's <laughs> what happened. I decided to have another baby. And yes. Show up here. Yep. So you have and three and kids. And I delayed your podcast. I
2: have, I have three. So my kids are eight, six, and two now.
0: Eight, six, and two. So you guys yep. have similar.
1: Eight, six, and two. Yes, yeah, so yep. we're nine, seven, five, two. Yep. Yeah. 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 So some.
0: Yep. There you the go. Overlap. <laughs> well, welcome, Allison, <laughs> and, <two> <laughs> and two doggies. And two doggies.
2: So tell us, what is Career Love? Um, so I started Career Love three years ago now. So three years in business um, and I do career coaching and um, I do career coaching and return to work coaching specifically focusing on moms so I do also work with other people other than moms but that's my main focus yeah
0: okay this is really interesting I find with my mommy demographic Dina I'm not sure if you have the same thing happen in conversations you have but people once they become parents the return to work seems like ominous yes what's what's up
2: well, I'll be honest. It's, it's ominous because, and I've said this for a long time, like I wor- I've worked in return to work for over a decade and every other return is supported. And there's a very specific guidelines that you follow. If you're injured at work, the WSIB, has specific guidelines. for WSIB? Oh sorry, workers, like workers' Compensation Board. So if you're injured at work, okay. there's certain forms that you have to fill out. You have to have a medical professional involved. Uh, you have to have some sort of support system. And for mothers returning to work, there's almost nothing. So I was a return to work specialist. And when I showed up on my day back, I didn't have a, didn't have a computer. So like this is from an organization that did this professionally. And they didn't think that it would be necessary for me to have a computer. So <laughs> or they forgot. And they this stuff's like, not like illegal? Yeah, there's no. There are zero parameters around, like other than a protected leave, there is nothing out there to help people when they come back to work.
1: But your job has to be protected. Yeah.
2: Oh, so I had my job. But I you may didn't.
1: come back to no supplies. You may
2: come back to no supplies, and you know, people were like, "Oh, yeah, your card. You know, your key card is there." I have. So for people who come back, you worry about it. There's no timelines for when exactly you have to check in with your employer. There's no timelines for them to have to because you've been. Let's be very frank, this doesn't happen a lot in the US because the leave is so short. Mm -hmm. In Canada, it's a year to 18 months. It's a long time to be off. uh, And with no sort of systems or supports in place things fall through the cracks. So You may have a new manager, you may have a new director, You, may, your department may be gone and move someplace else so people don't even sort of know you exist. Yeah. Um, there's nothing in place currently to, I say currently, nothing in place currently to sort of track that and make sure that you are, understand the changes in the organization, you understand what you're coming back to, you understand what you need to provide for your first day, where you need to go for your first day, like all mm-hmm. of those things, unless you initiate it. So you always hear about people being like, should I call? Like, I get all the time. When should I get in touch with my boss? When should I get? In? Like, it's all on you. Not only did you have the baby, but now it's all on you to sort of manage this whole thing. That's right. why it's so stressful, right? Like, what like, what the hell is that? Um, so I didn't sort of realize that this was this was a thing. Like, I couldn't, I couldn't actually believe that this was a thing, that nothing existed right, when long-term disability exists, short-term disability exists, every other leave is sort of supported except for this one. Um, and so I started hunting around, and I was right, it really isn't. It's not done well by anybody. So I developed a program um, just over a year ago called Ready to Return uh, to create sort of that support system, peer support. We have experts to support that return, return to work. Um, and the next, the next phase is branching out to employers. Because I've said that to employers and been like, you know, like I said, what do you have in place? And even top level employers are like, we've got this piece here and this piece here and this piece here. And I'm like, but what about the whole thing? So
1: why isn't there like a Service Ontario kind of thing? Why isn't there something that's in place by the government provincially? So
2: So the government handles legislated leave. Yeah. Right. So you have. So the only thing that on Service Ontario can tell you is. How many hours you need before you go on leave, and and you know they can process your T four properly, but other than that,
1: there's no like step one, step two, step nope. three. Nope. It's mm. interesting. Yep. There is no step in one. In the states, anything. is it still six weeks
2: or less? Oh my yeah. god. Yeah. So when I started working to return to work, I I had to I. Developed return to work programs. Um, actually, for co- like Coca Cola was one of my clients, and so we looked at leaves in the U.S. and in Canada and in Europe. Um, and in the U.S. they, they sort of didn't need anything because it was so short. It was almost like going on a va- like a not a vacation, but when you're only gone for two weeks, you don't have to do much other than hand off your stuff and bring it back. Um, and in Europe, the support is so much that we almost didn't need to do anything because mm-hmm. they had all the systems in place. And Canada was sort of this like loosey-goosey sort of um, that changed literally from province to province that just nobody seemed to care, right? So they, we put in all place all the leaves for long-term disability and for that, and really it was... At that time, paternity leave wasn't even a thing, right? Like men were just not taking leave. That's only really come about in the last couple of years. Um, but people just weren't... People just didn't care. Not to say that, like, those employers, but just in general, people didn't seem to have an interest in it. They were it like, well... It wasn't a thing. No, it wasn't a thing.
1: Yeah. I know nothing about this world. I, I was working, like, by my like for yeah. myself and had another clinic, my first two, and then um, r- where I'm now... Uh, so I never really even thought about that stuff. Like I never, right. I never think about how stressful that is, but I certainly, you know, to, to Lena's point before, I certainly see a lot of moms and dads, both that are very stressed about going back to work, whether it's six months or a year or 18 months, 18 months is a shitload of time. Like you, you're in a totally yeah. different world now. Like you're totally in, and and also like the world has changed in 18 yes. months, right? So you're saying you can go back and there may not be your department anymore. That's legit. Like I just think yeah. about how different my life is a year and a half later. Right. And you're different. You've just been with a child
2: who's now a year and a half old. Like that is so much
1: time. It's a lot of time. That's passed. That's
0: passed. Yeah. But
2: but for moms it's like it's it's um, it's like a double edged sword though, because like you don't have the support at work and then people also feel really uncomfortable talking about it because look, like when I was on maternity leave, some of the people decided not to go back to work. So now they didn't want to talk about it because they decided to leave. And some people yeah. went back to work early and they didn't want to talk about it because they felt like everybody, no matter what you did, sort of felt really bad about their decision. Mm-hmm. You know, I feel bad that I didn't go back or yeah, I went so back so much too guilt soon. around this shit. I mean, oh. even
1: just in, in yeah. person, like, you know, I posted about this a couple of days ago on Instagram, people feel, everyone feels a lot of people feel very judgmental about yeah. whatever it is that other people choose right. and you feel guilt about what you chose, whether you're a stay at home mom or a working mom or both, or you took a minute off or a year off, whatever. Yeah, I, so I took two weeks off with my last kid and I've talked about this very openly in the podcast. and I have absolutely no guilt whatsoever about right. that because I made my own mat leave and Austin came with me for like almost two years to the office. So it was a very unique kind of experience, which I'm so, th- so thankful that I was able to do because I had my own business and I could do what I wanted essentially. Um, but when people hear that I took two weeks of mat leave, there's, there's judgment for sure. People are like, you're like a shitty mom. Like, I just know they're thinking like, he only took two weeks. I mean, it turns out I actually took like two years. He was with me. I was right. breastfeed him throughout, et cetera. But actually with my third kid, I took only six weeks. I was meant to take three months, but, um, it is challenging to be in a role like a physician where you are getting emails and it was an Instagram then, but Uh, you know, whatever, Facebook or whatever messages being like, so I just have this question and I saw another doctor, but I still want your opinion or whatever the case is. I was getting so many messages and so many emails and people not being able to be seen or they couldn't accommodate my patients, whatever the case was. That I was like, fuck it. I'm supposed to take three months. I can't even handle this. It's more stressful being at home, reading all these emails, being flipped tens, hundreds of emails a day of people going crazy that I just went back. And I went back kind of part-time and again, I still breastfeeding exclusively, but I couldn't bring my son with me. And people would see me be like, oh, I'm so glad you're back. But you could tell they were like, you're back. It's only six weeks. Your baby's like a newborn. So anyway, I think either way, any way you slice it, people are going to judge you. And there's, there's guilt about that internally as well. I, I don't was, know many people that feel like super confident
2: with what they did. Like that's, everyone feels some weirdness. That's, that's parenthood. I went back, but like I did the same thing. Cause I was still doing a lot of HR when I was like, so I was consulting as an HR person. I'm always getting the like panicked emails, yeah. right? Like, while i'm you know like my son was in the hospital after he was born like while i'm there and i'm like on phone being like oh that is a, that is a problem don't say anything to you know like don't do that um and i went back when he was 4 months but i went back part time and i literally had someone say to me why why would you do that? It's like, I'm a return to work ex I was like be- yeah. and I said to him I said, Because I want to. Yeah. Some people want to, the ones that people yeah. have to. Right. You know, there's a financial piece to
1: it yeah. too. Right now Absolutely. everyone gets Matt Leaves and whatever. Like as physicians, we don't make anything no. when we're out. Well, I shouldn't say anything. It's very, very, very minimal. Um and a lot of us don't qualify EI because we don't have employers, right? Or so unless you are paying into it. So it's very challenging. Positions. That's actually not why I went back because I lose my mind if I'm home and I get very right. bored and I'm I need to be busy all the time. I need to see people
2: and talk to people and move, etc. But a lot of people go back because they just can't afford it. And a lot of people like this is so at, like the I I feel like I talk about return to work all the time. It has layers because like the gig economy, you know, where people want you know like it's, the gig like economy. The economy like, I have never heard that in a long time. Like that, but. People don't, you know, feel really shackled by a typical nine to five, and now they go, you know, they go off and do their own thing, and that's fantastic. And then, you know, a lot of these people are in their twenty, early thirties, and now they end up pregnant, and you, there is no EI, and there is no like support system, and everybody just used to automatically get it because everybody was working a regular job. But now I'm working with people who they were like, "What? I don't get EI? Why?"
1: <laughs> and you didn't necessarily save for right people right. save for nope.
2: retirement, but they don't save for no. maldives? Mm-hmm. And a lot of people were like, "Well, I wasn't planning," you know. It, People aren't planning, right? They weren't planning to do this. They weren't planning to work for themselves. Um, but there's also a huge drive to be like an entrepreneur, right? There's a huge drive, especially for especially from others, mm-hmm. because of the intense, you know, flexibility that you can get. But you lose a whole lot of the benefits. Amen, the sister.
0: Yeah. If I if I honestly every single day that I've been an entrepreneur, entrepreneur, <laughs> <laughs> sorry, entrepreneur. I have said to myself, I could just be working for somebody else right now <laughs> and life would be really nice. But once you get bit by that spirit, man, it's so hard to shake it. But
1: so this would be your experience, right? Because you were working yeah. before. Yeah. So you had EI mm-hmm. and now you're working for yourself. Mm-hmm. So how would how does that inform your mount
0: I'm building, remember I said I'm trying to build a mat leave? Yeah. And part of that is trying to create a cushion yeah. to have some income and not having to necessarily work. But my whole life is trying to build cushions of income yeah. around the times when I have flush with cash and then my events and things are really expensive. So I don't have like a regular steady income ever. I get three or four or five times a year where it's like a lot of revenue in and a lot of revenue out. Yeah. Um, so the idea is to be a little bit more strategic in the next 14 weeks to try to get (laughs) my shit together (laughs) um, and maybe make some different personal decisions that would allow me to have a little bit of just chillness in this third baby and just do things a little bit differently. But I know myself, man, I'm fucking a lunatic, man. I love when shit's crazy. I can't stand. Oh man, I'm such a, I'm cuckoo for Cocoa Puffs basically. I can't sit still for a minute. I
1: call it organized chaos. I love organizing chaos. I I want it to be a tornado of shit and I want to feel like it's like overwhelmed. I came home from work today and I felt actually overwhelmed because this COVID stuff is just like ruining my life. It's not actually, but it's, it's, it's very stressful to be healthcare worker right now. And, um, you know, patients want to come in they can't come in because they're sick and we're trying to protect our patients and like all of this stuff and mm-hmm. um so it's, it's very overwhelming and i came home and i felt overwhelmed i even said to andrew i'm like I, I just need like and now i feel perfectly fine but if that kind of stuff didn't happen i would be bored like i want to create that craziness in my life because right. i actually get off on it a bit
0: so it's funny i i had to say allison i deal with moms in okay. droves and this is what happens trajectory is baby turns nine months old. Holy shit. My mat leaves over in three months. Okay. Do I have childcare in place? Then they like do the daycare thing. And maybe they like, if they're lucky, they get their kid into daycare at 10 months or 11 months and they drop that kid off at daycare and they're having like, that's the first piece is like, Oh my God, it happened this morning. I ran into my girlfriend at daycare and she's like, I just dropped my baby off at daycare. And I could tell she was like, you know, physically distraught and i said baby it's okay you're doing the best thing for your kid she'll be fine you'll be fine and like the mother was like visibly upset and i was like when you go back to work she's like in three weeks i was like enjoy those three weeks like take your time girl and she's like i'm so nervous about going back to work and that reintegration into that new identity so i think it's a few things it's like okay my whole life has just totally changed i gotta go back to this thing that i was before which was like maybe a workaholic or a uh, career hungry, I don't know ladder climbing, whatever your thing was, where your identity perhaps was, especially first first time, and they're so wrapped up into their work identity, and then they're pulled out of that to this like brand new identity of motherhood, and then you have to go so of be flung back into the work identity, and not only is there like, as Allison's saying, like I remember for my first or second mat leave. My employer being like, Hey, I don't want to bother you, but can we talk about like when you're returning to work? Cause there is no yeah, policy, right? There's no policy. Can so, we bother you?
2: That's the thing. Can we bother you? Yeah. Can we bother <laughs> can you? We're like, right.
0: Can we talk about like when you're coming back to work or me, at least with one of my employers being like, Oh man, I really probably should call my boss and find out like what they expect from me. Right. right. And I remember it wasn't until I resigned for my, to, to pursue my dream and, really grow the business that I was like, hey guys, you know, I'm not supposed to come back to work till October and it's August, but like I'm just gonna resign now because like the like I could tell they're like, so what's your plan? Are you coming back? I'm like, actually guys, I'm gonna pursue my entrepreneurial dream. They're like, good for you. Like let me know. It's like if you want me to like help you onboard someone for the next three months, I'd be happy to, but but you're right, Alison, like why is there no actual fucking map for this shit in any like institutionalized way? because we're women it's like it's because we're women inherently I'm, sexist. I, I, I'm,
2: I'm gonna say that I'm like, I will say that out loud the same th- like I scream about pay transparency I scream about whatever and I'm like it's it's because it, it's women right like so I look who's fighting for it there's no lobbyists for this are there I'm not aware of it me now um <laughs> uh, like be, because I've like a so I I've I ran my program. I had 150 people through it because, and that was more like a peer support program so that they had sort of like the tools and the guidance whatever to do in the thing and I, I, and they needed to see what pieces were missing because I've, I've built return to work programs. This return to work program is no different than any other return to work program. You need to have all the checks and balances in place. And then I went to employers. <laughs> a little bit angry, I'm like, what the hell, right? Like you pay, look, the insurance companies make billions of dollars off this stuff. They run the short term, the long term, the whatever and I'm like, Anybody want to do this? And I and I remember going back to my old boss and he's like, meh. I don't know if that I don't know if that's a thing. I was like, what do you mean? I don't know if that's a thing. I was like, this is bu- this is some bullshit. And that's why I said to my husband, he was like, Are you so he's like career coaching, whatever? And I'm like, and changing the world of return to work. Amen, one sister. company at a time. And that's it. what it's gonna take, right? Like really, and I will be really honest some of the, like the most keen companies are like tech startups who like places who want to do things differently places who want to like know how to do this properly because they're starting out early rather than some of the bigger companies who it would take a lot for them to like implement this
1: i feel like it'd make their lives a lot easier though of course. it'd be interesting oh, clear cut here's the
2: process it's yeah well and that's the thing i was like you know you just have to the same it's way save we them it. time
1: and money they just have
2: to invest in it well and and also it like saves this is, you know, they always have the stats about the women who don't go after back after maternity leave. This is why. Because you don't want to spend your whole bloody maternity leave worrying and you don't know if your boss is there. And then you this is the worst thing. It's like in my group, someone was like, I talked to a coworker and she's telling me how awful it is and whatever. I'm like, that's not nice. Like, why would they do that to you? And turns out like that coworker was fired when they got back. But like all of this stuff, you don't have a direct connection. Um, so I'm in HR, I'm allowed to say that. HR sucks sometimes, right? They're like, well, I don't know. Um, say it louder uh, and again. <laughs> why does HR suck so much, Alison? Well, but I was like, that's, I always say to people, I'm like, if you don't know, just say that, right? Like, just say that. I remember I, I had my HR person going back and, I, and she was like, well, uh, it's this thing. I'm like, are you sure? She's like, mm, I'm like, why don't you just say, I don't know, but I will find out for you why don't you just say that? That would make my life easier if you would just go find out for me. Like, it's okay not to know. Yeah,
0: But I'm like, you can't tell me my return to work date is X and not really know. Right. So, yeah. It's so frustrating. And like, look, between us, what? There's 10 kids. I haven't done yeah. that count in a long time. Wow. We used to count all the kids. Between, I used to be like, oh, <laughs> our, our, it's like a stripe on our, on our sleeve, but I haven't right. done that count. Look, between us, there's 10 kids. I wonder if we made, like, have, do you have any parents on your... Staff team, yeah, most are parents actually. Well, oh, Half, really? half.
1: actually. I have, a, I have a, I have an employee on mat leave at the moment. Oh, really? And I didn't know there wasn't a policy. To be <laughs> honest, I is she um, this individual is a, a, one of my staff people, and she's currently on mat leave. And she asked to take a year, mm-hmm. and we talk because we she sends pictures of her kids and stuff, and uh, I I feel we. I mean, she the baby's brand new, but. Um, like I feel we'll just keep checking in and be like how are things going and I would hope if she wanted to come back sooner she would say so but I don't really want to ask her if she wants to come back right. sooner because I don't want to feel like she has to either right. so I don't really know and we're close like I see pictures of her kids like she came to the office and yeah. with her kid um, like we're very close community at kick Crew so I don't know but I it's think like a- even as an employee it feels weird to be like so like I guess it's just like open the communication right like if you choose to want to come back earlier just let me know but I also don't want her to feel like that's a request you know what I mean
2: or maybe she will not even want to come at all. And maybe you could pilot. And maybe you could pilot my program because, yeah. because really, <laughs> when someone's pregnant, yeah. right, the same way as if someone like mm. breaks their leg, mm-hmm. it's like here's the things. So yes. one of the checklists I made up says, okay, you're going to go on leave. Here's your contact person. Do you want to be invited to the part to the holiday parties? Do you want to be kept on the email list do oh, you smart. want to be like how involved you want because you can say no to any of these things but right. we're just asking you what you would want oh, that's so yeah. smart hey Allison. why don't we ask women what they would want and some people would be like um what, we're going to check in with you every three months.
0: Mm-hmm. You know,
2: we are going to organize for you to come bring the baby in and see us like, like take the pressure off them. Be like, you're the employer. You can yeah. have someone just do these little steps. All you have to do is have like a outlook reminder and be like, check in with Amanda, yeah. send Amanda the email, like keep her on the yeah. email list. And because they can say no. And I also say to people, I'm like, you can change your mind too, but just let, but then, but then the expectations are really clear for both sides. You don't, you don't have to feel like you're bothering her. She wants to be invited to the Christmas party or holiday party, whatever it is. And you're like, that was was one of the people in my group. She said, you know, like they had a summer barbecue and like, how, like, I organized that for the
0: last three years and they didn't invite me. They're just assholes.
2: Right. But I was like, but also, I'm like, <laughs> they
0: weren't thinking. They weren't thinking. Yeah. Right. They didn't need to. Because there's no be. standard. Alison, we should lobby for this. I love yes. this. Yeah. I, it's so funny. I Now that you say it, and it, I had to throw myself back into the shoes because I did work. I've had two kids where I was working for other people. And I have to tell you, I felt the pressure to show up on my mat leave just so that I was still relevant. Right. So they wouldn't forget about me. I definitely went to, when I worked for Genesis at UJA, Literally, I think within three months I was making appearances at events being like, hello, I'm still here. Like for me, it was job security. right? Being like, just make sure I still have something to go back to. And when I worked for Tech Toronto, I definitely was bringing S.I. around at six weeks old and someone who was shaming me saying, you shouldn't bring a baby that young into public places with this many people. I'm like, thank you thank so you. much and go fuck yourself. Right. Uh, like, but I yeah. asked my pediatrician. She said yeah. it was okay. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I mean, I think for me that was that was a challenge and I wonder perhaps if other people feel that way and I know some companies have amazing yeah. mom support like I know Canadian Tire there's a lot of women who've come through Moms Toronto and subsequent chapters and Canadian Tire is a fantastic employer and like has lunch like right. lunch and learns once a month for moms in the company cool. like really the good. The have a, a lot of employees. But I just yeah. did a panel That's with great. Capital One Yes, who are
2: phenomenal right so we did a panel about parenting and work and had you know like there are that one of their directors only works three days a week, another one works four days a week, and we talked about return to work, and both two people on the panel said they cried in the bathroom at work and that they felt overwhelmed and lost and whatever. I'm like, so this is an organization who is doing all of these things and giving flexible time or whatever and can't get this shit around return to work right. Why not? But I think
1: even the best policy, the best plan in action... I still think people are going to have difficulty going back to work. No matter how pristine the experience, it's still really fucking hard to put, to walk away from your baby. Well, and, and that's true even like we spoke about this a lot recently, but like even passing your baby to your partner to like go for a walk around the block can be right. hard, let alone leaving and being like, for the next number of months, I'm not going to be with you every day. And I'll be yeah. with you 24 hours a day for the last number of months. It's hard to step away, especially when you're like removed from it. Or right. it seems like you're, your parent responsibilities are so much more valuable than whatever it is you do for a living, even if that's, like, so important work, you know? Right. It's it's hard to walk and,
2: away as a parent. And, like, there's almost, like, there's an there's always layers to it. But I'm like, that's if you go back to work with a healthy baby. Oh, yeah. Right? Yeah, so yeah, sure. now we're talking about women who have, you know, like, one of my clients, had like, her son was getting, you know, a, a G-tube put in. Like, if you have any sort of extra anything, so... By the time I went back to work at 12 months, my son had been in anaphylaxis five times. So he had over 20 confirmed food allergies and I had to leave him at daycare. And I cried on the bus every day. So much so that on the fourth day, the bus driver like took me aside and was like, <laughs> I don't actually know what's going on. I have brought you some tissue. <laughs> Everything's going to be okay. And oh, well, I was like... Good. I don't think it's going to be okay. I don't, like, I don't think it's good because I was like, I can't be there. And I was very lucky because I went on maternity leave with my second, like shortly after. Um, but I was like, I dug my heels in hard as fuck. I was like, I am working from home, from home because I have to be able to run to daycare and EpiPen my kid. So I knew that I could run to daycare in 12 minutes and that... I didn't trust that they would EpiPen him. Mm-hmm. So I was like, so that became my like only focus. And it's a big part of why I work for myself now. It's like, I just need to be able to be there. It, like some Yeah, whatever, some sort yeah. of flexibility and some encourage to because I want them to call me. Yeah. I want them to call me if he's got hives.
0: I want them to call me if there's a thing. Yeah. Allison uh, is a very, I should, sorry. Okay. I would have said this if I would have was reading a bio. She is, I, are you the president of the oh, no. allergy? I, I run the,
2: <laughs> allergy in my spare time, I run the Food Allergy Canada, like Toronto support groups. Cool. Um, yeah. So Does he still have a lot of allergies? Uh Peanuts, tree nuts, sesame, soy and eggs. That's and my second. Shitty. And my second is uh peanut allergic and my husband's allergic shellfish. So we have sixteen. Your husband's pens. genetics, man. <laughs> <laughs> well the they they said that to me. They said, Who has the allergies? And they were like him. They're like, Who's got eczema or asthma? And I'm like, Me. And they're like, There you go. I was like, damn it. <laughs> that sucks. It it That's it, hard, it, man. That's hard. It is, it's but it's um it's yeah it's there's a lot right there's a lot of people I I my problem was like when I first we found a support group and I went and people were telling everybody what their kids allergies were and I was listing them and other people felt bad for me I'm like I have to leave other allergy <laughs> parents feel bad for me I need to go now this didn't help at all and then I like put up signs I'm like parents of multiple food allergies. Um, and I met one of my best friends, who, um, Pauline, who runs Hype Food in the East End. So I'm like, sure. I'm like, I start a support group. You have to go and start a friggin food like free of the top eight uh, restaurant in your spare time. Right now, we've got to one up me, Pauline, thanks. <laughs>
1: thanks, Pauline. Pauline, we all have a Pauline. <laughs> okay. Uh,
0: yeah, you're yeah. right
1: though, you add to the to the mix, like illness, whatever, we're, we're talking to Julie Rose, who is a child who has some significant metal, medical issues. Um, a couple of weeks ago and, and she was a, a career woman. She was yeah. very invested in her career and had one child, went back to work and was still back in the career world and then had a child that was unwell and hasn't gone back because she says she can't go back. Mm-hmm. Um, she just can't she has to be there. She's on call 24 seven with her child. And, um, and I think that's hard. Like, you know, she spoke to it. It's hard yeah. to, when this is part of your identity and then you're like, actually, no, it's not anymore. This is actually right. not part of my identity anymore. Mm-hmm. That's a huge cutoff from who you were then for, for a long time.
2: Yeah. yeah. And from a, like an HR standpoint, I was like, I am watching the next 10 years of like, I like I've already, my mom already passed away. My father-in-law already passed away. So like having children and parents who are aging, aging. and whatever, mm-hmm. um, as like have done HR for a long time, it's like people come into your office and they're like, you know, chemo doesn't happen after work hours, mm-hmm. right? Like I have to take my mom to chemo. It's like, and you know, it's nice to be able to, as employers be like, of course, you know, use yeah. your sick time, use your whatever, but you know, like this is coming down the pipeline and it's going to add to everybody's burden, right? So like,
0: Alison, in the courses and the 150 people you've seen through your program, mm-hmm. what would you say are the chief um, anxieties or complaints that people are really looking to navigate? So one or two. uh,
2: Yeah. So the biggest part was to have a place where so that's what I said. I said, I'm a return to work expert. You come in. So the group tends to have 25 to 30 women in it. And I was like, these are all women who are going through the exact same transition as you. So they understand. So we talk about breastfeeding. We, you know, um, so Angela from Nutmeg Consulting talks about breastfeeding and Rosalie talks about um, sleep, like all the things Every cor- every round, I have li- at live experts in there to answer questions because that's what I felt people were lacking. It's like they had all these questions and all these concerns. And if you can have, you know, like, for example, if you have an expert to be like... This will be fine. This is, you know, this is how you can, you know, keep your supply going. This is how, whatever, everybody calms down. And also, like, there's a lot of camaraderie. Like, I have a, an alumni group because people want to be there for each other. It's so the community, piece. it's the community piece, mm-hmm. which is which is huge. So it's this safe space where you can talk about return to work because that's what we're here to talk about. Um, and you know, we talk about not even returning to work, but like how to do return to work at home because you've been off for a year to 18 months. You go back to work. Grocery shopping during the day doesn't happen. You know, being able to go to all the appointments doesn't happen. Like, that's a big shift. And I think that's one of the number one concerns. Is like, how am I going to do this all?
0: Allison, have the people from Hacking Sophia reached out to you yet? Yep. Okay. So I'm, I'm very curious about this chick, this woman. Her name is... She's a woman. Her name is Janet Winkler. And she's launched this, I guess, media company or... Mm-hmm. Not sure exactly. I it's think I reached out to her because I was like, I don't know what this is. Oh, but. so <laughs> it's called Hacking yeah, Sophia. Yeah. And they... They come from, oh my God, I'm going to butcher this so badly. Anyways, it's brand new, but basically what they're trying to do is support women at work, mm-hmm. moms at work, specifically young moms who've returned to work. So I thought there could be some nice synergy there. And they did a ton of research, I think, in focus groups on right. moms and what their chief complaints are at work. Right. A lot of it is this, and then they coined the phrase, which I like, the cram it all in years. Mm. When you're trying to sort of get right. everything done, right? You're trying to reach for the stars at work. You're trying to... Um, you know be there for your kids. You're trying to still have all the things happening at once and they create these like, little sandwiches of advice um, Based on I guess some expertise, yep. but their marketing is beautiful in there We're probably gonna do something with them But I mm. thought maybe there could be something interesting for you guys there as well I was gonna say because
2: in my spare time. I also run a Facebook group called moms at work um, And when I started it, I didn't actually know what I was doing with it because I was like Except my old boss told me it was a stupid name. I was like, thanks thanks for that and now we have the whole goal is community so I looked around and I'm like everybody feels like being a mom at work is a bad thing right that's something that you have to hide and I looked around and I'm like but every working mom I know is like director accomplished has a team has whatever and and I was like what if and everybody's always talking about like I don't know how to network I don't know how to go I'm like what if we were each other's network what if we posted jobs in here and we hired each other what if we became that like, what if we became that force? I also
0: just paused by by the way for like a shit eating grin being like, <laughs> thank you, Karen for telling me my Facebook <laughs> name is bad. bad. Um, like, And my shit eating grin. It is a
2: phenomenal no drama group because it's like, everybody knows that everybody else is there to it's have sh- their it's back. It's a shared experience. It's a shared experience, yeah. but even yeah. like, I I, we started a post called like Lunch Buddies and I'm like, have lunch with someone other than Karen, right? Like, have lunch with each other, right? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I love that. I'm like, sorry, Karen. (laughs) Sorry, whoever Karen is. No,
0: I think that's nice. I think there's definitely that loneliness on that return to work. And I think, you know, you see these articles published by Parents Canada or Motherly being like, I'm not apologizing for leaving at five on the dot, you know? Um, And it's funny because I definitely know when I was like a younger employee, like that was the expectations. Like you work till six, you work till six thirty. like you sort of, and then people became parents. It's like five fifty nine, and they were out of there. We're like, oh, of course they're leaving soon. Cause they had to go pick up their kid. And I'm like, I was an asshole for not knowing that when I had a kid, cause I didn't have a kid. And now I was the person who was leaving. So, I'll you know, t- at four forty five, my asshole return to work moment was at my first job. And
2: I tell this story with like a hung head, but my first boss was like this cowboy from Alberta. But, to give you a sense of who he was he used to like flick the lights on and off at 4 15 and he was like go home hr you're setting the standard for other people get out (laughs) i was like but i'm not done he's like i don't care he's like you start staying late they start staying late then i have a whole bunch of people staying late and they don't need to i was like okay Uh, yeah but i my first three months the end of three months he was like you know we don't have anybody to run our disability stuff apparently we're supposed to have someone do that you want to do that i was like yes, I'd like a job. Okay, I'll do that. And he just like opened a filing room. He's like, there, here's your files to deal with this. I was like, okay. But I would have to take requests for like accommodation. Um, and I had a nurse come to me and ask if she could switch her start time um, and end time so that she could pick up her kids, right? Because she wasn't able to make it to daycare on time. And I denied her request. <sighs> I denied her request in writing and I went to my boss and he called me into his office and I was like, I'm doing amazing or whatever. (laughs) And he sat me down and he was like, how old are you? I was like, I'm 25. And he was like, good. He's like, so he's like, I want you to take this request and I want you to figure out 25 ways to accommodate this woman's request. And I was like, why? He's like, do you know how hard it is to find a nurse with 10 years experience? He's like, do you know how hard that is? And I was like, yes. And he's like, no, you have no idea. He's like, figure this shit out. And he was like, he's like, that letter never got to her. He's like, I stopped it here. He's like, if I ever see anything like that again, he's like, you'll be out of a job. I was like, okay. And I went home and I cried and I told my husband I almost lost my job. And I told my dad and he was like, yeah, because it was a dick thing to do. I was like, okay, all right. But like, (laughs) I'd never... I I didn't understand. I had zero understanding. You didn't live in her shoes. And now
1: you're like, of course, fucking accommodate. Yeah. Well, but (laughs) like, the worst thing was like,
2: my mom was very sick. And then like, I remember, I remember like a month later having to go to my boss and he was like, you don't even have to have this conversation with me. Mm. He's like, that's why people stay with employers. How many
1: kids did that guy have?
2: None. Wow. Wow. So he, he fostered, he was like a, he fostered one child that, in, as a teenager, so yeah. he got him when he was sixteen. Um, but like the empathy, like just oozed out of him. Oh my yeah. god, I
0: just love this guy. Yeah, maybe I'll name my baby after him. Any baby names? His name's Paul. Paul. Not Paul. <laughs> his name is <laughs> Paul. <for> e. <laughs> Sexy. <sexier> name. <laughs> Chuck. <laughs> but Are I've you just looking been. For E anyway. Yeah, I, I don't care.
2: No. <laughs> I've just been really lucky to have like you know, even like my one of my first bosses, like to, to work for very strong people who have very strong, like their moral compass is just like non-flexible at all. Mm-hmm. Um, so I've been very fortunate. I've, working in HR, I've seen managers who are not that and how difficult it makes life for employees. And I remember thinking sometimes, I'm like, you don't have to be like this. You know what I mean? I'm like, because yeah. it's the manager, it's their call, I kind of have to implement it. And I'm like, you don't have to do this shit, right? Like, but yeah. you're making their life hard. Why? Right? I think a lot of times it's bottom
1: line, right? Right.
2: That's it. It's bottom yeah. line. You said it.
1: What hours work for you as the employer? How many people do we need on staff working at this hours to get this accomplished, etc.? But there's so much evidence now that people working flexibly and having you know the ability to do other things or go to their kids' concert or whatever, that it makes them more efficient and more productive because they're happy at work and they love what they do. Right. And they're going to try harder because they love you for not being an asshole. Okay. But, so... Anyway. We based, know these things now. We based things on
0: now. just interesting, this conversation and the COVID conversation, mm-hmm. my friend who from daycare, she is a senior person at Google. She's mm-hmm. a mom of two. She just sent me a text message listening to our live saying, Google just announced moving to a work from home policy from tomorrow for the next month. Right. At, at, across every single, every every single yep. Google head office. Uh, across North America to significantly reduce the density of people, lower the health risks in offices, and also reduce the burden on the local community and health resources, enabling those in, in need to support quicker support. Like, yep. go Google, go Google, talk about that. And she goes, "We live in a crazy times, so you know it's it's remarkable what some employers will do and just totally understand." Um, and obviously Google it. Like sets the bar when it comes to, but it makes these sense. Sorts of it makes sense. It's if totally sensible. If you
1: get sick and you go to work, and all your colleagues get sick, now no one can right. work. So this makes sense. Yeah, as it long it as you're going to be productive at home,
2: then
0: there's no reason why you have to walk into the
2: Google head office to. Yeah. To do that, you know. So my husband's. Got, my husband works for Memo and Like they're they're stay. They're doing the work from home so they can test their systems. That's where I, that's where it's going to. Uh-huh. So tomorrow he's like ma- he's like mandatory work from home,
0: so that they can build up. Whatever, but I they're I wish going my job way. worked that way. Oh, poor Tina. <laughs> no, Tina's at the front fucking lines. My husband works in the travel industry, and uh, he's a he's a tech C like he's a tech CTO for a travel f- startup right. that's like about to break major uh, like headway into the travel tech sphere, and things are just going all sorts of directions. What was going
1: to happen to? The hospitality industry and the oh travel goodness. industry. I mean,
0: that's what I'm really concerned about. I, mean, I mean, not to go a little bit off know, topic, yeah, but no. you can appreciate this, Allison. Is like, it's not necessarily the illness that I'm worried about. It's just the economic fallout and repercussions of the crises right. of dramatic measures to control an epidemic. Yeah, that but, I, but I think me.
1: too, I mean, that's, you know, a lot of people think that the reason why China as a country denied that there was a problem and minimized it and didn't ask for help earlier was because they were worried about the economic implications for that, right. and that's very clearly what's happening in the U- U.S. now, but as we saw in China, the shit hit the fan and the economy tanked worse, because more people got it, we're going to see the same thing for the States. Right. None of it makes sense at all, but you know, trying to protect your economy by denying those a problem, so then more people get sick, so the economy is worse off. Yeah. It doesn't make sense. Um, I mean, some airlines have gone bankrupt, and you know, some hotel chains, like... It's a big problem when a lot of
0: people don't travel. Yep. Yep. Really bad. So if you, Allison, were in charge of the HR for the country, what would you <laughs> decide to do at the forefront of COVID? Oh, like I was, I was just saying before this, like my, my husband
2: has a lung condition, right? Like, so it's, uh, I would have everybody, like I'd go Google's route, right? Like yeah. if you can, I, I think, I think it gets more difficult with the positions where you can't work from home. Like all the mm-hmm. people on the front line, like, you know, I I'm watching, you know, other like leaders and the way they do things like Starbucks and whatever. I'm like, what are you going to do? Right? Like that's that's where it starts to get tricky. It's like how do you protect, you know, that how do you protect healthcare workers? How do you like anyone in retail, brick and anyone, mortar? Anyone mm-hmm. anyone who's, you know, has contact with other humans. It's like how how are we going to do this? Yeah. How
1: crazy that is! It that we're that globally, globally. Yeah. people are saying, "Don't leave your house." Uh-huh. Globally, right. everywhere that Google has, you know, uh, people
0: working—that's so fucking scary. Yeah, yeah, That's scary times. Yep, and it's interesting because I think it directs completely to a correlation of a conversation of employment. Right? I think employers, like yourself, Dina, you're like we're in difficult positions. Right. Like, can you imagine? Could you operate Kid Crew if? 80% of your staff decided they couldn't work from home.
1: No, there would be, no, no, be no kid crew. Not really. I mean, we can access the electronic medical record somewhat from home. It's complicated, though, because patient data and privacy and, like, in healthcare, it's, it's complicated, right? So, you know, like, virtual care exists, right? So some people are right. kind of moving towards a virtual care model in general, you know, add to that COVID. But the problem with a lot of things, like, if your child is sick and you send me a photo of them or I even see them on video... there's no way for me to tell you right now if your child doesn't have pneumonia or a strep infection or an ear infection. Rashes are great, right? But I can't touch them. I can't see them. I can't use my otoscope. I can't use my stethoscope. So it's very limiting for a lot of things, especially this, right? Like if you show me a a child that's sick on virtual, Mm -hmm. I cannot tell you with any certainty if they have the flu or a
0: strep or an
1: ear infection <laughs> right. or COVID. I can guarantee you I text <laughs> message <laughs> Dina
0: photos all the time. Yeah. <laughs> She's like, "Please, please look, yeah. kid, man. <laughs> yeah. Please look I at mean, these look, photos." I mean, look, there's some yeah. things
1: I could tell you like a rash sometimes. I mm-hmm. just photo I could tell you a rash, but I accidentally
0: went to send Dina a dick pic.
1: Yeah. Did you say accidentally? <laughs> yeah. It was accidental. accidental. It was accidental. No. accidental. It was it was it's so like, accidental. like my kid has a bum rash and I'm like, "Okay, well, I see more than a bum. Thank yeah. you." Um, I'm so sorry. Yeah. So, yeah, so so that it's challenging. Like But there's a huge
2: but they've, they've already taught like, from an HR perspective, like, it, it's a, an economic thing. Like, a lot of people, like, frontline workers who are in the hospitality, area, like, need the money, yeah. right? So there is no sick time. There is no things like, we're, like, it's, you're starting to hear buzzes about it, like, for entrepreneurs, people who are, like, self-employed, personal trainers, who people don't want to go to classes anymore, things like that. It's, like, a lot a lot of people, you know, are not, you know, making a ton of money, and a lot of it's, like, month to month. So there's other economic implications, you know, not even in the whole global, you know, shipping industry or whatever, but personally. Yeah, really. if
1: you can't make money for the hours that you would right. otherwise be working, that's a big challenge. Right. Yeah.
2: For sure. And that they keep talking about it, like, there's, you know, even our current government, like, there's no mandatory sick time, right? There is no sick time. You call in sick, you don't get paid. Right. A lot of people can't afford to do that. Yeah
0: man oh man scary times we live in back to moms at work back to moms. <laughs> <laughs> do you ever get in those groups people talking about body image issues are people concerned about wearing clothes or their not, work wardrobes no
2: not really it's uh, our group stays like pretty focused folk- like it's it's this sort of laser focused on, you know, like here's my resume. I'm applying for this job. Does anybody know anybody here that can connect me? I'm trying to like, we've had, we've had conversations to be like best black dress pant, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> best stretchy black dress pant. <laughs> um, also yeah. shoes that can handle orthotics post child, yeah, like that kind of thing. I was like, yes, I know that one. I can, I can help you with that one.
1: I think it is a really big thing though. People talk yeah. about this a lot, right? Like you didn't fit into your pre-pregnancy clothes. No. You don't want to buy all new wardrobe because right. you hope not to be that size forever or you want to get pregnant again yeah. it's and it's expensive buying a wardrobe may be expensive you haven't been
0: on if haven't i have three or four wardrobes right now it's embarrassing
1: yeah. I, I have many levels of clothing yeah like
0: sizes up and sizes down you know, i have and bins i, put them away I have, and bins. have bins, <laughs> bins. yeah <laughs> so so is it smithery? smithery who does it smithery does i think so smithery clothes like they will help you shop based on your body type and okay. is it rentals anyways there's lots of people who do this stuff. I'm always curious about that sort of thing because I find it comes up quite often being like, guys, yeah. i not go back to work and I have no work clothes that fit. But I think what you're saying was more interesting. Do you think that people job change during maternity leave? Like they're, how common is that? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Because At, they didn't
1: like their job before because now they like something different because now they're in a different headspace.
2: When you have a baby, as all of us knows, like some people have like a fundamental shift yeah. where you know, they'd been working at a job that they were sort of okay with for a while and suddenly that is just not acceptable. And so I always have the conversation that says, like, if you're going to be leaving your baby, yeah, it better be worth it. right? So like now, where before you could work a 40-hour work week and you're like, okay, whatever. But now it's like, I have to drop my baby off at daycare and I have to go to another place that place, like, people start to work, move towards, you know, places that are, like, they feel are making a difference, have better family leave policies, have better opportunities for growth, have better, you know, some people are being strategic. They're going to places that have better family leave policies. So if you're going to have another baby, you're going to go with something that's going to give you top up, right? Mm-hmm. Um, there's a lot of movement. And companies do a really crap job of keeping keeping mothers, Right, they mm-hmm. don't see it as like a they don't see it coming. Basically, they're not invested in, that. Not vested in it. Yeah. But really, women are having babies later, so they've been working longer, yeah. so they're more senior. That's such a good point, right? So it's no longer this. I'm like, these are your middle managers and directors who are
0: leaving. Like that's yes. you got to start opening your eyes to this stuff, right? It is. I find that that happens a lot, and I find I see a lot of work environments now where it's women have left, started companies, they themselves are the CTO or CEO of a company or founder. And they have a lot of young women working for right. them and they're changing the game and policies and how like I am thinking about Joanna Griffin from Nixware, like that sort of, yep. where she's just like, we're just going to revolutionize everything <laughs> and we're just going to do things completely differently than anybody else. Um, okay. So what are your, what are some of the policies you've seen that are really fantastic? What is, can you explain what top up is? Cause a lot of people don't oh, know sorry. what it is.
2: Um, so companies have, like, and this is totally um, optional, right? Top up isn't uh great, right. so companies can, um so when you're getting EI, you're only getting like 55% sometime. Like that's the most. So that's a significant pay cut for people. So it used to be years ago, people would give you sort of like a lump sum. That was like a that was <laughs> that was a big deal where you would get like a thousand dollars and that was like the most people did. And then slowly companies started doing top-up where they give you they, you know, top up to a hundred percent. So you would get a hundred percent of your pay for six weeks and then ninety percent for eleven weeks. Um I have mixed feelings about top-up because often it comes with what I call golden handcuffs. So if you get top-up, then you have to stay for a year. Contractually. Yeah. So they say you take the money, then you have to stay for a year. And if you don't stay for the year, you have to pay it back, which for most people isn't going to happen, right? Mm-hmm. Like you're not going to have that kind of money sitting in your back pocket. Um, so I like I feel a bit like if you're going to be giving someone something like that, especially women, it shouldn't come with all these ties and, ties and bows and whatever. Like you should be doing other things to incentivize them to come back other than forcing their hand.
1: But that's hard though as an employer yeah. if you're going to yep. top up that much money yep. and then what is if they do find another job and they're like, well, fuck off. And now you're like, right. oh my God, I gave you $50,000.
2: Yeah, and the same thing happens like when if someone pays the co- company, say if, if they pay for your MBA, you have to stay for three years after. Like yeah. that's the deal. They, mm-hmm. like, they want to get their investment back. So I get it. I, like, I'm like, there's so many better ways to do that mm-hmm. to give people options to be like, you can have this top up or whatever. This is like, we're just sort of getting into like the... You know, like this is cutting edge. It's not. It shouldn't be because it's not very exciting. But this is like people get really excited about top up because then they don't have to worry about that kind of stuff. Yeah. Um, I'm more interested when companies give you sort of like some companies will give you five thousand dollars towards childcare. However you want to use it, nanny, daycare, whatever. Here's mm-hmm. the money. We trust you. Like th- giving people options with what they want to do with that stuff, or or you know offering things like that feels nicer to me to be like. We trust you, you're a valued employee. you've been working for us for ten years. here it is right
1: right mm-hmm. I love that that's smart that's really smart yeah when when we're w- residents in Ontario anyway, and probably most provinces get a top up um, when they take Matt leaves or whatever so I, I was on I was a resident slash fellow for my first two kids, and so we got topped up to like I don't know ninety two or ninety three percent something to that effect, and right. you could do that up for a year, I didn't take a year, but um, it felt really nice right. I have to say because it was way less stressful to go back that being said we're kind of constrained by doing our exams because it's weird but we can only do the exams once a year so if you take more than six months off you're not allowed to do right. the exam that year so I went back for those reasons but if that wasn't the constraint I would have taken a year mm-hmm. I would have been bored but I would have taken a <laughs> year but the top up <laughs> Andrew's really nice. nodding so a lot of a lot of physicians take mat leaves during residency and fellowship to make use of that because then like I said you come out you are you're now your one employee unless you work for a hospital if you work for hospital you you know, you get math leave usually. Um, but if you're an independent employee, like an appoint, independent, um, I don't know, contractor or whatever, you don't have anything.
2: So if you're, they've changed, they changed the game for EI for self-employed people. So, so you can get EI if you pay into it yeah, they pay into for, it, for a certain amount of time. Yeah. But I did the math on it and it really only makes sense if you're going to have more than two kids.
1: Yeah, yeah, right. I believe that for sure. Right. But also, yeah, I mean, there's lots of things about that taxes and yep. all these things, right? Uh, physicians are often incorporated. If you're incorporated, you don't pay into EI necessarily. Maybe you do, maybe you don't. But it's all this math complicated stuff. And uh, yeah, work on that with your accountant. But mm-hmm. it's
2: yeah. harder if you're self employed for sure. Yeah. Well, and it gets even more fun now because paternity leave is getting like really gaining momentum. Interesting. So when I had. Um, like my first and my second, my husband took off like two weeks and I think he used vacation time. And when I got pregnant with, with Reynolds, he, my husband, they had just introduced a six-week top-up. And uh, I remember I was like, use it, like take it, because I wasn't getting anything, right, for EI, because I was self-employed. And he's like, "Man, I don't know. <laughs> Basically his boss pulled him over and he was like, I need you to take the six weeks because you're setting the standard for other people. Mm-hmm. I just need you to take that. And we'll, like, tell everybody you're doing it. And I was like, <laughs> okay. <laughs> and But that's what's cha- They're like, and that's been with other companies I've worked with. Like, they have to see people in a leadership position using it. They mm-hmm. have to, you know, like, you know, Mark Zuckerberg was like, I'm taking I'm taking leave, right? You have to publicly say it. And it's really catching on. Mm-hmm. Um. So, like, my husband's got a bunch of younger guys on his team who they're going to have kids. And, and now they've seen everybody else yeah. take it. So they're going to take it too,
0: right? When we were in the height of Dad's TO, we found that, Women were taking the first eight months, and then men were taking the last four. When like right. sort of breastfeeding slowed down and sleeping was under control, and get the way better time, the way better time, like, when like women like, okay, I'll do all the heavy lifting. You take the last four months that are the most fun, <laughs> and your kids like doing stuff and yeah. It's yeah. their own personality. That so yeah. was so funny. This is an anecdotal yeah. at moms' TO events. You know, we have like you know fifty moms in a room, and it's like a luncheon, and moms are like you know dressed to the nines and a little bit panicky, and everyone's touching their diaper bag fifty times, and like <laughs> no one can sit still for a minute. And with dads' TO. We'd have like a beer and pizza and all the dads would come sit, put their kid next to them and not move and just eat the pizza and drink the beer and talk to whoever was next to them and for three hours. And probably the kids are uh, more calm, super calm, just yep. eating the food, looking around. No one gave a shit. And the dads are so funny. Cause I'm like, I was like, I said to my husband, I think, or whoever was there, another woman that was there. I was like, has anyone checked to even see if anyone has a shit in their diaper? <laughs> like there was no movement or being like, where's a change room or where can I change? There was none of that. So it's so funny it's to a see dynamic, for the sure. dynamics. Yeah. You know not every
1: woman's like that, not every man's like
0: no, that. No, of but, course not. I'm not trying but to it is, it is very I, much as, that is. As, as a that. test sample, anecdotally, that was a story that I've noticed in these sort yeah. of really sweet moments of both mom's T.O. and dad's T.O. Yep.
1: I, have to I have to say, and I, know I never say this stuff, but I'm going to say it because it's coming up when in a really busy day, when like there's like so many patients and I'm stressed to walk in a room and dad is there and there's no female counterpart or grand- grandma. I'm so thankful because it's <laughs> usually a calmer visit. And not to say I don't love my moms. I love my moms and I love when mom and dad come together. And that's actually the most frequent, but it's
2: calmer. Usually it's calmer. It really is. My husband is annoyingly calm. That's just, and that's his (laughs) personality. And and I was like, people meet us and they're like, you too? I'm like, yeah, that's right. Us too. That's right.
1: For sure. Tell me how it works or maybe, maybe there's no real standard for Mm -hmm. this, but what is if there's two moms or two dads? Like, how does it work? Like, can you get the same amount of EI depending on what sex you are? The, the
2: the birth parent. So whoever had the baby gets the, because it's divided in between um, so the first 15 weeks is for the person who, for the individual who actually, like, birthed the baby, and then and then the rest is considered parental leave. So they break it up. So if you have two parents, they can take, like, the second part, however you want to divide that. If, okay. And that's only if you want it, like, protected leave, right? Like, you can do whatever you want. Yeah. But in order to qualify for, like, EI standards, like, that is the first, like, 15 things. And then the other, the other one you can divide however you want. So the birth parents can take 18 months? The birth parent yeah, can take the full thing. Yeah. Um, unless they want to give some. And the of other it. parent only gets six weeks? Six weeks. Yeah. No? Isn't that what you said before? No, oh, so that was for top up, right? Like right. for in EI, like it's yeah. divided between the one is for the first part is meant for recovery. That's yeah. like it, take into consideration. This was designed a really long time ago, right? Yeah. So there, are thousands air
0: quoting also. Where,
2: I'm yeah. air quoting all over the place. This was like this hasn't been changed in a really long time. So oh, it yeah. wasn't designed when people were like having same sex relationships or they're like they put in all the stuff around adoption yeah. and leave as well, but you don't qualify for that because you didn't actually birth a child. So this is considered more medical leave
1: yes yeah, so that's what i'm asking so yeah. if you if you're an adoptive that's okay so you're a birth mom mm-hmm. Tell me what that looks like if you're adopted mom or a surrogate non-birthing mom
2: so then you would qualify for parental leave right so the so, so ei leave is divided yeah. into two chunks okay so if you didn't birth the child then you qualify for the rest the, the other 30 no it's a total 52 weeks so you just lose the the first 15
0: weeks Right, yeah, that's so, crazy. Yeah, so I remember, now that Allison's yeah. saying it, I remember any the time I had an employer, which was two kids and two different employers, the policy was like, okay, the first 13 weeks or 15 yeah. weeks is this, yeah. the next this many weeks is this, and yeah. the last many weeks is this. Yes. So yeah. they're all different, different um, and, and buckets of money, basically. Buckets of money, yeah, yeah exactly. They're so, coming from different, different places. And Am they, I understand and
1: you correctly, that if you're an adopted mom or um, a mom who had, a surrogate yes.
2: that they don't get 18 months? S- so they will, you can still have protected, so it gets complicated, right? Especially yeah. with surrogates, right? Because then the surrogate, you have to be like, okay, is this person, <laughs> this came up actually at a legal conference because they had an employee who was a like a professional surrogate. Mm-hmm. So she had had like several leaves yeah and they were like what is this yeah, so right what, are
1: her, what does she get
2: well and that so it was like a point of contention yeah. <laughs> right because it was united, and so I, I didn't actually stay for the answer but um that like this is when it starts to get dicey right so we've had a few situations where we've like we've actually had to call the EI line and be like okay so I have a surrogate and the partner who also like and the person who's receiving the baby is in another division <laughs> how the hell do we process this right, right. so it's get it's like it's not so it's not standard there's no it's real not, answer it's not well it depends on the situ- situation right like so it depends on
1: but it's not individual like it's not like the surrogate gets this many weeks because she just birthed the baby and the new mom doesn't get a specific So yeah week so so the new mom
2: well, and so you still get the leave, right? Like you still get, but you don't get the full leave because they use this first part as medical leave, right? So that's, mm-hmm. and all EI processes like that. So, it gets, even before that, you can get EI sick leave, right? Like, I'm sure you, people have written off. So if you're having, you know, struggling and you're pregnant, you can be put off on EI even before that. Yes, but, that but is it as, is still
1: totally 18 months or you're saying it could be more than 18 months? It
2: can be more, if you get EI sick leave to start, oh, I can, see. it can go even longer, I right? It. So it, there's all these, and like Alana said, like, you really have to look at them as different buckets. Yeah. Um, and that's why parental leave is starting to get tricky. And this is why I like end up, and I always tell people, because they're like, I have this, I get all the time, I have this person and they're coming back and their husband also works for the company. Like, how do I do this? And make sure they get the right date. And it's like, okay, everyone is completely individual. Okay. So you have to look and like make them commit because women can also change their mind. This is how it gets complicated because mm. you can say, I want 12. You can change your mind and take 18. Yeah. That's your legal right. You
1: have some amount of time though. I was talking to mom about this recently yeah. and she said you had to tell by X number date.
2: Yes. So that's all written in the gui- That's all written in the guidelines. You have to give them notice. You can't just be like the day before 12 months. Yeah. You have to, I think it's- What I is that cut think, off? Do you know? I don't know off the top of my head. I'm gonna say five weeks, but I think.
1: I was talking to her mom. I think she was I think that baby was nine months if I remember correctly. And she'd already told me she was gonna take twelve yep. months. And so I asked her, like, are you happy to go back? Are you excited? Are yep. you anxious? Like, what are you feeling? We have these conversations a lot. She said actually she was really sad, she wanted to extend yep. it, but she tried to, and the employer, I think she said, yep. said that she couldn't. And I said, Oh really? Is that okay? And she's like, Yeah, apparently you wouldn't qualify EI. I mean, I was thinking about taking off more time without EI, but we couldn't afford it, whatever. And it was a right. big thing for her. It was a big thing. Um, I guess she didn't know when that date was. And I don't think she anticipated it.
2: No. And the and the problem is, you know, even I'm like off the top of my head, I'm like most employers don't either. Because really it like it's this weird gray line. This is why some like employers throw their hands up because they're like, this is so complicated. I can't actually ask you a lot of these questions as it stands. I can't ask if you're going to come back early or late or when, if you want to extend it or not. Like, so HR isn't reaching out to you and being like, the cutoff date for 18 months is coming up. Like, yeah. That doesn't happen because yeah. this is your leave, right? Yes. Um, but you know, even, like I said to them, I'm like, you should make a guideline to be like, here's the details for maternity leave if you would choose to like, take 18 months because that's what happens. It's like your employer isn't being a bad guy. Right, but they're like, you missed it. That's that's that my choice. That, it's that's my yeah. yeah. choice. Well, yeah. and, and then it's like not Jenny, the HR assistant, who made that choice. It's like <laughs> he, <HR>. yeah, <laughs> I've had so curious. many
0: HR witches. I've had one one woman be like, you know, you're taking a contract job, right? I was like, yeah. That, aren't you getting married <laughs> this year? Like, yeah. So you're not gonna get pregnant next year? It's like, fuck you, HR witch. Another woman. I'm being sure like, you're
1: not allowed to say that.
0: Literally. Oh, the HR company. I'm not gonna name the companies, yep. but one of the companies I worked for had the worst hr team mm-hmm. i've ever seen in my life the most inappropriate like said things that were so against every hr policy and that company has since then changed everything but like the worst being like i'd come back to work and they'd be like are you gonna have another kid next year like, oh my god go fuck yourself like they were a cuckoo and they were all from like like archaic hr policy days like these women were Another level of And I think a lot of people don't
1: know, should I be honest? Should I lie? What happens if I lie? What if they find out I'm pregnant already? Right. Like all those stresses. That can God. be really stressful for people.
0: I remember this one HR woman, I was sitting in a meeting with my supervisor and my supervisor was pretty senior and very smart and like recruited from New York as we for this big NGO. And she knocked on the door. She's like, excuse me, I don't mean to interrupt your meeting. Is your uncle so-and-so? And she'd be like, yeah. Like this is an HR, like okay. senior HR person oh I've heard some gossip about him (gasps) at the cottage and then like Ah. and like said the thing and then she's like I'm gonna let you guys get back to your meeting and my my supervisor being like um can we postpone this meeting right like (laughs) she was like shell-shocked that this person like whispered this like basically like mortified her in front of me I was like yeah I'm like did that just happen she's like yeah, that just happened. Like you can, we can re- book this meeting. Like HR people are cuckoo. I had another thing happen in another company where they actually fired somebody for a sexual, uh, misconduct. me too. Basically. Me too. Uh, so it was like yeah. the beginning of me too. It, it was, was misconduct. Yeah. It was misconduct. Mm-hmm. And, uh, they like the, I knew that there was a little bit of a witch hunt for this guy, this particular employer, uh, this employee who was very senior and that he had said things that were lewd nature to other women. And, uh, the HR women came in and I felt almost like more assaulted by them than the assault. And I didn't even know the assault happened, but the story was, and I'll just say it very quickly mm-hmm. was that we were, I used to plan the trade shows and conferences for this company. And, um, it was like a two day immersive thing. So it was like, people get a little bit nuts when you like go to a, uh yeah. yeah. conference <laughs> Away. or something, Between whatever. Train, whatever. Yeah. And I was the one planning like the event. Right. So, um, there was like a bunch of photos being taken and they were describing like, Oh, has anyone ever touched you in an appropriate way at work? And I was like, no, no one has ever touched me. It's like, how about on on, an offsite? I was like, no, I don't even like, how about at this exact moment at this exact time? I was like, Oh yeah, that happened. (laughs) I totally (laughs) forgot it happened. And they're like, they had evidence because what happened was this particular employee who was very senior in the company was a man grabbed my ass as the, as the camera was going. So my mouth is like, wide open and he's two people next to me and I never reported it. No one's ever seen the photo, but someone saw it happen and reported it. And he had done all sorts of things like that. And I, it didn't even dawn on me that he had assaulted me in a work setting. It right. didn't even dawn on me until they said it. And I went home to my husband and be like, I was assaulted <laughs> by HR and this guy that right. I didn't even know I was assaulted by. So sometimes HR does their job, obviously what they're supposed to do. And that guy got walked off campus, but it was, really fucked up situation. I actually quit shortly after that because I almost think the whole thing was very toxic. Um, that
1: can be really traumatizing too. Like it was. whether you remember, you don't remember, but now someone's telling you yep. like it, it happened. was inappropriate yeah. and you may not have felt that way and now you leave thinking I was assaulted. Yes. But it, and like it's important, I guess, for them to know, but they just kind of, Ta- kind of traumatized you. They
0: did. And you know what they also said to me that really got me, Allison, and maybe you hmm. would appreciate this as somebody who was very senior in HR for a long time, is like, they're like, do you feel, I was like, in with the very top management they're like do you feel like there's a boys club here and i was like i never thought about like that before but maybe there is like do you think you're on the inside of the boys club i was like i guess i am so somebody else has been telling them there's a boys club and that i am in the boys club and that also i'm in the boys club as a result of this man grabbing my ass and therefore do i feel like that sort of behavior needs to happen in order for me to have career success. So it was like, what? I'm like a 26 year old event planner doing conferences and trade shows for this company. And this is what spilled out of the very senior female HR manager's mouth. And I was like, I never thought of any of this, but maybe that's all what's actually happening. So that's really fucked up.
2: Well, and in HR, you know, all the HR, witches in HR's defense, because this is like the HR slam, right? Um, I always say like HR spends 90% of their time with 10% of people. And, I will tell you that I spent almost four months of my life getting grievances from two women who were in the same office, the grievances about the height of the partition, who was closest to the office window who needed to move because she was purposely coughing to distract her while she was doing Like this went on and on and on. And they're like, I'm moving to a level two grievance. And I was like, please stop. And my boss is, I was like, we need to move them off. So he's like, I'm not disrupting other people because these two can't figure it out and get a partition and are building like a small village in there with like files and partitions. Um, but I would go to work and I'd be like, please don't come into my office. Please don't send me another letter. Please don't don't do any of this so i was like that was like a big part of my job which i was like is this really my job is this what i'm doing now i'm leveling i would partitions. thoroughly
1: not enjoy my life that was my job
2: well and for most of it i was like i oh, really like, that sounds hard well and uh, there's so many good things about it right like you, you know doing the right thing and helping people when they need help and supporting people and you know through crisis or helping them out when and it, if you have the resources, it's a really great way to operate. But doing HR for really small companies is really hard, right? You can't give people the things that they need. You, you know, you have to hire people who don't have the knowledge, right? Like I applied for some HR jobs and they told me what the pay was. And I'm like, I can't do that. I can't do, no one will be able to do all the things that you need for that. Like you should hire a consulting firm or something, Um, but they want everything. And I was like, you can't get that for... Nothing. That of money, right? <laughs> you can't get that for nothing.
1: So, if you were to give um, pregnant people or people that are welcoming chil- children soon, like you know, a couple tips, like things that they do, that a lot of people don't know, like what we're saying here, yep. that would be you know important information for them to have. What would those few things be?
2: I always find it really hard to like give advice to people before they have children. Like all the advice, like I heard, I was like, Oh, be quiet. Yeah. Like, well, I don't mean about this kind of
1: stuff, like things that they can do to prep for that kind of stuff.
2: Things they can is I, like, my biggest piece of advice is get on the phone with EI and understand like or service Canada and understand your options. Right. Um, it's so overwhelming. Like you have so much time before you have a baby to really understand so that you and your partner can plan for it. Yeah. So that you know how much money's coming in. Um, you know, I'm. Shannon Lee Simmons does like, you know, sit down with a financial planner, understand how much EI is, understand oh, yeah. what the tax implications are. Understand She's speaking on fest. There she is, yeah. And so is Allison. Yeah. And there. so are you. It's right. <laughs> and, and, sh- and it's, but a lot of people who uh, I see afterwards are like have to quote unquote go back to work because they didn't realize how little money they would be making or those yeah. types of things. So I would understand what how what your leave rights are. I would understand and make some decisions with your partner about how you wanna divide parental leave and understand those dates that we talked about, about like when the cutoff dates are to, to change your mind. And also if you change from 12 to 18 months, like you're not getting paid for those six months. So understanding what that will look like as well. Like we've all just kept talking about money. And I think that's, that's the number one thing that people sort of stick their head in the sand and hope that it's going to be okay. And I was like, you should really get in front of that. Uh-huh. Right. I love that.
1: Yeah. We're all very used to not me cause I'm self-employed, but a lot of people are used to getting regular paycheck and this is what this yeah. looks like. And,
2: and the other yeah. thing is also like, so there's two, there's two types of vacation that you can do. So when you're off, some places accrue vacation, time and other vacation pay those are two different things so you are not required to give people vacation pay what does that mean that means you just have unpaid time which is totally sort of useless Um, but I've had a lot of women come to me and they're like they told me that I don't get paid for this vacation that I should have been earning while I was on leave and I'm like you did earn it it's just not paid
1: it was already on your paycheck you just didn't know it was Right, so All along
2: well, so some companies while you're on leave continue to let you accrue vacation time, right? So a lot of people come back to an extra three weeks of vacation that you can play with in order to extend your leave or do whatever, and that's paid. And a lot of people sort of had this in their mind, and then the company was like, Actually, we don't do that, it's three weeks of unpaid time, which is you're like, Well, that's not money, that's just days, which yeah. I guess is helpful, but not really, yeah. yeah. Um, so sort of clarifying a lot of that stuff about like what, what are you going to do? And also most places will continue benefits and that as well. It's like find out, but you'll have to pay your portion to find out what that portion is and making a decision whether you want to like continue things, especially things like long-term disability and that, that are quite expensive, but also really good
0: to have. That's awesome. There's a lot of things to think about. There's so many things to think about. Alison, if people want to find you, where can they find career love? Where can they find me? At www.careerlove.ca
2: mm-hmm. or on Facebook at, Mums at my Moms at Work Group. is where I hang out. And Instagram is also career uh, careerlove.ca.
0: Awesome. Yep. Dr. D, what did you learn today from our friend Allison? I learned a lot of
1: things, actually. Um, yeah, I mean, it, I, what, what I learned was very valuable for me as an employer, actually. I didn't, I didn't. yeah, it's interesting to talk through, like, do I mention to her when she comes, like, that stuff. Like, do I let her to talk to me? Do you want, Like, what happens if she wants to come back early and feels weird about talking about it? What happens if she wants to extend her leave? Talking about it more openly, but I also feel that weirdness about, like, I don't want to make you stressed that I'm needing you back because I don't need you back. I'd love like you back. Only if you want to come back. It's mm-hmm. that, is that weirdness. So I think planning for it, like you were saying before, and having like step one, policy. step two, step so right. one, like, uh, yeah. the policy, the procedure piece of it, I think is actually really valuable. And and again, like I'm, I think I'm a good employer, but I didn't even know this. I didn't uh, know it didn't exist. Right. I thought all this stuff was standard. No, and really. also
2: like for for small employers, I often suggest I'm like, if you have like, a head admin person or whatever, like who can handle that sort of stuff so that they're, you know, even having like a go-between, right? Because they may be uncomfortable asking for more time or whatever, like to to have someone who like manages just the day-to-day stuff. yeah. Like like, like the check-in so they don't feel like you specifically are checking in on them. But it's just like, you know, Jenny from the HR admin, like it really takes the like pressure off
0: to be like, she's just, this this is just her job. She's just checking in. And if I need anything, she's there. I love that. Yeah, no, I also, I I know what you did and how how you did it. I love the idea that you have this Facebook group of women who are just, you know, the seas bring all the ships up higher, right? Like we're all here to just grow each other's community and network. I think that's super special. And I think that moms who are uh, working in traditional work settings have specific challenges and specific awesome perks of working in those companies. And I think being an entrepreneur has specific (laughs) um, and real Tangible um, perks and also challenges. So um, you know, it's just this—the patriarchy lives to some degree. And if Allison ever wants to start a a a a government lobbied campaign to revolutionize how women return to work that's something i would totally get behind so yeah first thing we're
2: getting behind is we have a pay transparency act that was pulled back it's already written and it's perfect and it should be there Uh so in my group i do not allow any posting of any job if it doesn't tell the salary because pay transparency in its essence is designed to keep women down i love that there we go i
1: love (laughs) that this is i'm happy to work for myself (laughs) there
0: you go allison thank you so much for coming yep this is for having me fuck Thank you so much for hanging out with us today. We hope you really enjoy the content. We are eager to chat with the most interesting people about topics that you care about. Please connect with us on social media
1: at Moms That Say, at MomsTO, and at Dr. Dina Kulik, and share your comments, requests, and to continue the conversation. If you want to hear more, click
0: subscribe and rate us too. We're all about the feedback because this podcast is for you. Have a great rest of week. Until next time.